Welcome to the Scene in the Wild podcast, a conversation on Alberta culture presented by Wild Rose Brewery and the YYScene.com, Calgary's go-to guide to getting out. I'm Mike Bell, your host for the podcast, and joining me on episode number 19 of Scene in the Wild is Arts Administrator Luke Azevedo. Azevedo is currently the Calgary Commissioner for Film, Television, and the Creative Industries, as well as the Chief Operating Officer of the newly opened Calgary Film Centre. This province is, as has been noted often, and for many, many reasons, become a desirable spot for filming, and has been the shooting location for such films as Unforgiven and Brokeback Mountain, and acclaimed TV shows including Fargo and Heartland. It's received more Oscar nominations and mentions than any other region in Canada. And despite some barriers that have been created on the government side of things and the funding side of things, it continues to draw productions from around the world. In fact, on the way to my podcast interview at the Wild Rose Tap Room with Mr. Azevedo, an earlier meeting at another local brewery was actually blocked because it was closed for filming. That's where Mr. Azevedo and I began our conversation. It's funny. I had to meet my brother at Last Best Brewing Company, and it was shut down because there was, they were filming something there. Do you know what they're filming there? I do. Uh, not something we can really talk about okay. at this point, but um, <laughs> there's a bunch of projects that are going on in the city right now, and uh, the way it works for us is that we're able to market and, uh, and talk about these projects once they're done. As the Film Commission, what we try to do is to creep, keep that anonymity until yep. it's time for us to be able to utilize them to attract other projects um, down the road. Well, let's, let's talk about how the year has been. Has it been a good year? Has it been a, a healthy year? Because last year it was $181 million that film, television, and, and video brought to the city? Just to the city. So what, um, but that's, that's things that we consider to be incentivized. When you look at the province as a whole, it's $308 million worth of activity in uh, film and television um, within the province. And the area, the Calgary and jurisdiction as we call it, is about 82 to 85% of the production yeah. spend happens here. So we're talking about what happens in the television stations, what happens on webcasts, what happens in all of the areas that we consider to be the film and television creative industries. Is it a good year? Great year. Okay. Great year. A lot of good projects because I, I know things kind of quieted down for a bit and I know a lot of people were blaming the uh, the tax credits. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. This is a global industry. You're competing with everybody across the planet. So for us, um, we have some, some things that are extremely uh, saleable and that people look at as some of the best pieces on the planet. We have the prairies, the mountains, the badlands, and two municipalities of over a million people all yeah. within a three-hour radius. Geographically, that, that doesn't happen in many parts of the world. Um, secondly, you have crews that have more Emmy, Academy, and Golden Globe nominations than any jurisdiction in the country. And that's amazing. And I didn't realize that until yeah. I started looking into it. When you start looking at some of the projects that were here, I mean, we go back to Unforgiven, yeah. Brokeback Mountain, Interstellar, Inception, um, Born Legacy, The Revenant. Uh, you look at Heartland, which is the longest-running one-hour dramatic series in Canadian history. You look at Tin Star. You look yeah. at Fargo that has... 
more Emmy nominations than almost any film that, or project that we've done in the uh, in the province. So we have no problem in being able to put ourselves out there as a world-class location for film and television. We do that. We go global. Uh, we know we're we're in Cannes, we're in Berlin, we're in Los Angeles multiple times a year. We're in New York, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, making sure that everybody that has uh, an interest in filming in this jurisdiction or in Canada as a whole or globally knows that what we can bring to the table. So we have an opportunity on a consistent basis to bring them in, show them photo packages that we create for them, and then getting them on the ground. So what happens uh, for us is that we have you know three things that the studios and independents, the large projects, are looking for. Number one is always, what's your incentives? What do you have to attract us to the area? So our incentives are a 25% all spend uh, for a foreign production. So they come in here, uh, people, goods and services um, can be applied to this. So it's world class to a certain level. Once we hit a certain level of, of budget, we start to be a little less competitive than some of the places on the planet. We have a $7.5 million cap on our projects. We start to fall down a little bit at that point. Well, how open is the government to changing that? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. When I first started this job 11 years ago, our incentives were approximately $1.5 million per project. It moved up to $3 million, then to five. And now it's at 7.5. So for a lot of projects, that's a good level. However, it doesn't allow us the opportunity to go out and go after those 100 or $200 million projects. Now, that being said, the government has been very open to look at individual projects and to try to find ways and means that we can create an environment where we can supplement that with other things and bring them to, uh, to the table. So we have had those opportunities, and there has been projects here that have gone well beyond the cap, but they stay here because of the crews and the vistas and what we're able to offer them, um, uh, you know, including the Calgary Film Center, our, our new infrastructure. How important has that been? It, one of the biggest parts of your job, you've said it, is selling this city and selling all that we have to offer. How great is it to have the Calgary Film Center in your back pocket? It's a huge component to the, to the whole scheme of things. To have um, uh, production be able to come in here, set up in the center, and start producing the next day without having to worry about what they can hang from the roof, you know, what they can get into the building, creating all of those things that, that are necessary to make this a most productive and best resulted project possible is absolutely important. To have William F. White on site at the Film Center as the anchor tenant is also extremely important. So this is Canada's uh, largest and oldest provider of equipment to the film and television industry. So across the parking lot, they're there. And so having those pieces, the incentive, the vistas and the crew, make us a, a location of choice for a lot of productions. It's a very competitive marketplace. So how we're able to bring them in is important. How we're able to keep them here once they're here is more important. Met expectations or um, have enough projects been done there at, to meet what you guys thought it would do? Well, you know, that's, um, that's an interesting component because we're talking about a facility that is just over two years old. So it's a startup. 
So what is the expectations? I mean, there was very little runway uh, for the film center to start and go, and very little uh, financial wherewithal to take it um, to that point. So when we were able to access funding from the provincial, the municipal, and private sector to help make this happen, and then um, the investment that came from Calgary Economic Development, there's obviously some areas that we would love to be able to enhance. Office space, some additional parking, some additional construction, space, those sort of things. But within the scope of what we have, um, we have been able to attract some of the largest productions that have been done in Alberta ever. And that's what we need to do. At the same time, part of our mandate, and continues to be, is how do we um, allow access to the local production community so that they can be in there and create their stories and tell them to the world as well. So we're trying to create that balance. In 2018, we're at 74% uh, occupancy to this point, and we're hoping that we're going to find you know, those projects that are going to carry us through September, October, November, December. Um, we sell the province and the city, and we're hoping that the, the film center becomes part of the location of choice when they come here. So to this point, I think we've, um, you know, we've done well, uh, but we want to see that grow and we want to see those capacities grow. We'd love to see the peripheral uh, areas around us be able to accommodate what else the film and television industry needs, all within a golf court radius, obviously. And we're listening to uh, the folks that have been in there and have spent time in the film center and produced in there to try to define what the next steps are and what we need to do to enhance the facility to get there. It's always one of those things that, uh, I'll say it, music, I'll say film, I'll say theater. There always is this lack of appetite for tax dollars to go into those things as though they're they're frivolous things as though they don't really contribute and i'm guessing in your position you've had to bang your head against that wall quite a bit why is that why why do people not see what culture contributes to their city what it brings to this region and not just economically but that is a conundrum um, has been for a lot of years we look at it from across the creative industries which you know when we look at it uh, let's take a look at Canada to begin with creative industries generate uh, approximately 60 billion dollars last year in economic activity with 600,000 people employed um, in the industry so it obviously has a significant significant impact on the nation. Uh, when we look at some of the areas like uh, British Columbia and Ontario and, and Quebec, uh, they see this as a growth industry. They see this as an industry to invest and see that return. They see this as part of their economic diversification. Um, and it allows for them, you know, uh, we start talking about British Columbia last year, $2.6 billion, um, getting towards $3 billion this year uh, of activity in film and television. We start looking at Ontario, which is in that $2 billion plus as well. And then Quebec, which is in the $1618 kind of zone. We're number four on the list, and we're down to $308 million last year as a province. So I think what happens is that we're a, you know, we're a young province. We're looking to see where that diversification is. And we got to look at the creative industry as one of those pillars of development and diversification that's going to help us grow our economy moving forward. In a perfect world, what would incentives look like for Alberta to bring more productions here? in your perfect world? Well, for me, um, looking at something that would be in the range of, uh, you know, a 25% 
all-spend tax credit where the investment has to come in before it goes out. And I think there's a, a, a misconception around this. Um, I, I think people see this as uh, us putting dollars into an activity that we're trying to attract. But the, the reality of this is a bit different. For us to be able to give 25 cents to somebody, they've got to spend a dollar in this province. And the money we're giving them has to be spent here. So it's a reinvestment into our province. Every million dollars invested generates about 10.4 jobs. These are high paying jobs that need to have a high education and a high technical ability to be able to do them. We're also multi-sectoral. So that means that if somebody's a welder, somebody's uh, working in, in hair and makeup, somebody is a painter, um, somebody's a carpenter, we utilize all of those skill sets to be able to, to function and create this environment in film and TV that allows us to attract those projects to the area. So I think there is a huge amount of advantages that we need to start embracing a little bit more significantly um, for us to be able to grow the, the sector and for us to be seen as a location, not only just for film and TV, but for music for visual arts, for all of the different types of creative industries components um, that will allow us to become that location where the brightest and the best want to come here and stay here long term, not make this an earn term place where they can earn money and then move on to somewhere else. I think it's getting better, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been in this job 11 years. Yeah. Um, when I first got here, um, there was times where I was shaking my head wondering, really? You took this on, okay. Um, but, you know, you start meeting the people that are in these industries and you see uh, their commitment, you see their talent, you see their abilities. And it, um, it really does push you to want to be there to help support them. And um, I think, you know, you look at the, the crew base and the, the, the talent and the artists that have stayed here over the years and their commitment to this province, which is something I think is extremely unique. If you look around anywhere... People will leave to go for money. They will leave to go for a betterment of their lives. Here, um, Albertans want to be in Alberta, and they want to come back to Alberta. There's something that, that drives us to be back here. I've traveled a lot of places on the planet over the years, and this is my home. This is where I want to come back to every time that I'm finished those travels. So I want my kids to have that ability that no matter what sector they get into, they can do it at home if they want to be here. You're listening to the Scene in the Wild podcast, presented by the YYScene.com and Wild Rose Brewery, brewing quality local beer for the great Alberta wilderness. Stay wild, Alberta. This week's guest, Luke Azevedo, has had a career that has seen him working in all aspects of arts, behind the scenes as an arts administrator and in other capacities. We talk about his journey and include some of those experiences, such as working on an IMAX film, Starting up the company VisionWorks, which had Azevedo and his team doing the production for Sports Illustrated's coverage of the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, and then his lengthy tenure at the Banff Centre. You know, it's interesting. When, we, um, when I was in high school, um, I had some folks around me that I knew from friends that were in the film and television industry. Had some folks that I knew that were in the music industry. So I was attracted to it right away. And one day, they did a um, tour of Mount Royal College, as it was called at that point, of the broadcast program. And as I walked into there and started to look around, I started to watch people doing what they were doing. And there was a pull. So uh, technologically, I seemed apt. Um, and creatively, 
I liked the idea of trying to facilitate and help people to get to where they needed to get. So I took the course and then um, from there uh, went to California and did some advanced courses on lighting and camera operations and then came back here and that's the area that I went into. So, you know, did some, um, did some extreme stuff over the years. And uh, What are some of the productions you worked on? Uh, extreme the uh, one of the, the projects that was one of the first uh, IMAX projects that wow. was done uh, with John Long as the producer uh, did a lot of the technical uh, stuff on that I you know there's a there's a lot of projects that I did that at the time uh, there wasn't a lot of people in Alberta doing uh, there was very few production companies here there was a few of them but you know, not a not the, the the level of what we have now with two over 250 organizations that are, that are dedicated to film and television. Um, from there, um, we had started a small company called VisionWorks Commercial Productions, and I was working at the time as a general manager for the Canadian Video Factory, which became over the years the largest distributor of alternative programming in North America. It was uh, Turner Broadcast, NFL Films, Hanna Barbera. There was a variety of things that we did, and so I was on the tech technical side there and we started a small company called VisionWorks and VisionWorks was hired by Sports Illustrated in 1988 to uh, do all of their production for the 88 Olympics while they were here and so I had a partner that uh, was editing and um, and doing the creative side of things and I ran the crews with the cameras and I took care of all of the rest of the things that were necessary and uh, and produced it for them and then we ended up in New York um, working with them to finish it off and it was a huge experience for us uh, came back and determined that we needed to be on our own and we needed to be doing those kind of things so we became a support mechanism for the film and television industry duplication transfer DVD encoding and authoring all of these different things that the allowed, sexy stuff yeah <laughs> yeah the sexy stuff that at the time cost a huge amount of money for all the technology that was necessary yeah. now you can basically do that on your phone or your computer um, so from there, uh, I was, uh, when 9-11 hit, I had sold my side of VisionWorks, and we started a small company that was called Online TV. We worked with Pinnacle Systems, who had developed this box that allowed you to take camera systems into it, have a small production uh, studio right in front of you, and then you're connected to the internet, which at that time was an amazing thing. And so when 9-11 hit, a lot of corporations stopped traveling for a while, uh, and they still needed to communicate. So we had uh, an opportunity to go into these corporations and say, well, why don't we do your communication here? We're able to go across the web, all of your organization across the world can access it at high bit rate, which at the time was 300 kilobits per second. Um, and uh, we started going that route and we spent a couple years in that zone. By the time we hit 2003, we had grown enough that somebody was interested in taking us over. So at that point, I'd already started to dwell in other things and the BAM Center came calling. And they asked me if I was interested in coming up and doing some work up there. And uh, they brought me up as the director of uh, an area that was the creative electronic environment, which was all their technical area. From there, um, I became uh, director of five different areas. So it was creative electronic environment, uh, visual arts, Walter Phillips Gallery, um, literary arts, 
before I left as the acting director, uh, and so and the Banff New Media Institute, which was doing things that at the time looked very weird, wearable technologies, uh, geo-tracking, a variety of things that um, that everybody went, why would you be doing that? Which now is why would normality <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly. Were you living in uh, Canmore or, or Banff? Canmore. Oh, nice. Canmore. See? It was beautiful. Yeah. Almost seven years of an amazing time out there. My daughter was born up there. Um, we came back because my boys, who they've called them a lot of things, but they're advanced learners okay. and uh, moved through the school system pretty quickly. So they were ready to go to um, to post-secondary and then to university in a very quick manner. So we came back to be able to support them. And Calgary Economic Development felt that I had the skill sets to, to bring something to the table. So they brought me on as, um, well, at the time, the job was the film commissioner. And it became commissioner of film, television, and creative industries as the industry was changing. And that convergence between digital and film and TV was yeah. all sort of coming together. And um, I had brought some skill sets from the Banff Center that allowed me to understand it, understand the technology necessary, uh, understand potentially the ways and means that we could move things forward. Um, and then it's 11 years later. You're listening to the Scene in the Wild podcast, presented by the YYScene.com and Wild Rose Brewery, which is made by Albertans for Albertans. Well, the past has been a bountiful one for film, television, and the creative industries in Alberta. What does the future hold? Luke Azevedo has some thoughts on that, including about the growing gaming and programming side of things, which has become a billion-dollar industry with global reach. And it's an industry he thinks this province could certainly benefit from. With our group and and many others have come forward with some opportunities that would allow us to create that sustainability that's being looked for. Because I think that's the most important part. Um, it's great to have the financial wherewithal to build facilities, but then you need that capacity after that to be able to sustain them and grow them and develop them. So uh, in many instances, uh, that was available here in Calgary during the good times. Um, there was a, a lot of money that was being allocated from organizations that had the wherewithal to grow the arts and, and entertainment and creative industry sectors. but. You know, during our economy uh, transition here in the last few years, uh, it's been tougher. And so the municipality has stepped up to the plate and helped. Uh, the provincial government has stepped up to the plate and helped. But I think there needs to be a different strategy on how we make this longer term. Right now, we're in a situation where we're doing an economic impact study of the creative industries in Calgary and the jurisdiction. And I think that will give us a, a very good overview and a baseline of where we're at today. Uh, potentially where success needs to be and what the trajectory to get there is. So that's kind of what we're trying to create around us and that'll inc incorporate a variety of the areas that potentially um, aren't as well supported as we like to see them. Uh, the music area, the digital media area, um, the animation and areas, uh, the gaming areas, which we've seen some enhancement of incentives towards that. Uh, but I think once we start to see uh, more of a critical mass and, and things being attracted here and, and that growth, we have to understand what the next steps are because it, it's not slow. By the time we start to develop something, it's already changing somewhere else. So uh, we have to develop our, our systems in the post-secondaries. We have to look at what um, 
you know, what we see as advanced technology and innovation and how we support it and grow it, how we develop some of these kids to kids, these younger folks, um, so that they are actually interested in going into those areas of software and, and gaming and other areas that um, are now creating economies across the planet that are some of the largest anyway. Yeah, it's insane. Like when you see the numbers that a video game will bring in on its release, a blockbuster opening weekend pales in comparison. No question. It's, it's insane. We did a tour of the city uh, a short while ago with a gaming company that's interested in and in moving into the area, or considering moving into the area. And we started talking about their last game. Six million units sold. So let's estimate, like, even at a low end, 15, 20 bucks a game. So that is a huge, huge piece for somebody that's considered to be mid-range size. We have a, a manner here that um, the government has now identified that they want to grow the amount of seats at the post-secondaries to be able to enhance our ability to bring more software developers into the realm, which is important. This is the, you know, innovation is future. This in no way, shape, or form belittles those uh, sectors that we have a right to win at. This is a new sector and new areas that we need to embrace and try to facilitate because, you know, software developers is not just about gaming. It's needed in, in the gas and oil industry. It's needed in every, it's, uh, you know, uh, social areas. It's needed in health and, and uh, you know, all of those capacities need to, to generate those students on a consistent basis coming out of our post-secondaries. And beyond that, there needs to be organizations that are training for the right now as well. So I think when you start looking at stuff like platform that is being developed um, and other uh, initiatives here in Calgary, that have those abilities and have the ability to attract the brightest and the best, which then that attracts the, the, the newcomers that want to be in, involved in that. And that's a circle that we need to create. And I don't know that we're there yet, but we certainly are giving it a shot. I guess this is a more personal question. You, being an arts administrator, being involved in more of the business side of it, can you still watch a movie? Can you still put on a record? Are you still an arts lover or an appreciator and consumer? To do my job, you have to love yeah. what you do. And I think, you know, uh, there's, there's a couple of pieces to it. I mean, you, you're seeing what's happening in the background. And you're, you know, you're behind the screen there, if you will, and, and seeing what's occurring. But at the same time, you see the outcome of it. And you see the look on people's faces and how they feel about what they're seeing on that screen. And the, how proud they are that it was their area that was used or their kids that are in that film. Or I think that, that drives me. The other thing that, that is a consistent is I look at um, you know, the seasoned veterans and the young up-and-comers, and if I have any ability to influence their ability to grow and develop and be successful, um, that's the part that I'm doing. This isn't about, you know, my job is not about career making. My job is about uh, facilitating and giving something back. And so I think that, you know, from my perspective, um, you have to be able to be in the job and love the job to be able to do the job. And so for me, there's a, you know, there's a point in time that I've been thinking about that, you know, there's a, there's a shelf life there, right? There's a best before date. And uh, this needs, you know, innovative thinking all the time. You need to be able to transition from one thing to the next. And to this point, I've been able to do that. Um, there will come a time, obviously, where you want to look at new blood doing things and, and ensure that there is a succession plan for the next generation 
generation so that we can continue to develop and grow these areas. So I think from my perspective, I need to, I need to be aware of that as well. But um, at this particular point in time, um, I think I'm still able to bring some things to the table and uh, I think I'm able to do the job at a level that is still uh, worthy of um, what I've been allocated to do um, and I'm hoping that that will continue for a little while yet. So you're telling me you're bored and you need new challenge, is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're already, you got one foot out the door, is that what you're saying? You know what, this, there, is, um, there is no lack of challenges in this industry. Uh, it is a consistent, um, how people are able to uh, do this kind of work at the level that they do. I mean, we're in Alberta. We're a minus 30 to a plus 30 location. You're sitting on top of Fortress Mountain. You're in, you know, you're at CL Ranch in the rain. You're wherever it needs to be um, to get the job done. And the thing that I think I'm most proud of about this province is the people that are here and what they're actually able to do to get the job to where it needs to get to. And, uh, you know, there's, you don't see people backing down. It just doesn't happen here. And, you know, they, they used to call it back in the day, the can do attitude. Uh, you know, I, for me, it's, you know, this is, we get everything we possibly can on the table. And that's why people keep coming back here in every aspect of the creative industries and other industries as well. They see that we're willing to step up to the plate to go to the next level and to ensure that before they leave, we give them the best that we can. Is Fargo season four coming back to Calgary? We certainly hope so. <laughs> um, you know, we've been working with them for a long time. You know, it's difficult uh, to say for sure on anything. However, when you see the type of success that some of these projects have had, you would think that you have a pretty good shot at it. So we've been, um, you know, we've been speaking with them for a long time. There's a decision to be made. Obviously, as these things continue to move, uh, there's different needs. And um, I would, I would say this is a hundred percent guarantee that if Fargo were not to be back here, it certainly isn't because of the crew, because of the location, because of the facilities, or because of anything that we brought to the table. It would be a creative decision, in my opinion, and we're hoping that we can still bring that creative to the table to do it. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, as I watch that on the screen and I see what's there, it's an amazing production. Okay, final question. What's Leo really like? <laughs> you know, he's been here twice, right? So he was here for Inception and uh, he was here for Revenant. Neither of those projects were easy projects. No, okay. apparently Revenant was hell on earth. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. It was done in a different way. Um, uh, director Inarutu was, uh, did things in the manner that he did. Chris Nolan was a much different director on, uh, on Inception. He was also here for Interstellar. So we know that we have an attractive area when they continue to come back and, and do these projects. Um, I think that there is some education that we need to do uh, globally about our area here you know the the snow eaters of the Chinooks are something that's been here for thousands of years they're not uh, they're not a global warming phenomena and I think that um, there was some impact on us uh, in a you know, potentially negative way as those conversations are being had. Obviously, um, our ecology here is is something that we're we're looking at very seriously. You know, locals as well as as uh, people from afar. And I think that we need to uh, ensure that people understand the level of commitment that we have to the land here. And uh, once we're able to do that, I think he'll be a a much better fellow for Alberta than maybe he has been. <laughs> You didn't answer the question. Yeah. What's he really like? You know what? They, um, 
most of the people that come here at that level are good people. We've seen a lot of them. We have interacted with a lot of them. Um, they they interact with our folks here in a very positive way, and they're good people. They really are. I think that you know they have commitments to things that are their wants and needs and their their direction that we can't control. But um, he loved being here, and I think that uh, I think that probably 90% of the people that met him um, felt that he was a very good guy. I wasn't even necessarily going. I wanted some dirt. I wanted some juicy gossip or something. But again, there's we we've taken a couple of hits. Uh, him with with the comments about global warming and all you have to do is come here for that. And yes, Ashinuk, uh, and then um, Robert. Uh, oh, Robert Duvall. Yeah, Robert Duvall had some negative comments about Calgary, and I can't even remember. Well, wasn't he it was Robert here for, Duvall? Well, he's here for Open Range, and it wasn't about Calgary. It was about Canada in general. Oh, Robert okay. Duvall was a proponent of not having runaway production coming out of Los Angeles and the U.S. going away. But That's Robert right. Duvall and how he talked about what his experience was here was very positive. Okay. But he is uh, a proponent of keeping film and television in his home country. Um, you know, from my perspective, that's a that's an interesting dynamic because as we fight for projects and uh, go out there and compete globally, some of the incentives that are being offered in parts of the U.S. Um, are significantly higher um, than what we're seeing here in Canada. So with the dollar, with the incentives, with the crew base, we become one of the most attractive locations on the planet yeah. uh, for people coming in. So his issue was not specifically with Calgary and the area. His issue was with production leaving the U.S. to gotcha. come to Canada. Okay. From my perspective, I think that almost everybody that comes here does a production here leaves here happy. That's part of the process. Um, we try to be a no surprise jurisdiction. What we tell them at the beginning is what happens during the process and the end result, we hope, and the majority of the time, is excellent. We have the capacity here to generate the quality of production that every jurisdiction aims for and uh, we're consistent with that. We don't have um, a lot of lackings here when it comes to the quality of the crew and the talent and the vistas and our ability to get the projects done. So I think uh, when people are looking across the planet as to where they want to be, um, we continuously have uh, a good name that way. And um, for me, it's one of the things that allows me to get those meetings and to go into those studios and to have them say, yeah, we talked to so-and-so from this organization. They shot there last year. They felt that it was a great experience. We'd like to try. So that's kind of what sells your area and allows you to continue to grow. Thanks for listening to the Scene in the Wild podcast. Episode 19 was recorded August 21st, 2018 at the Wild Rose Tap Room, and it was produced by Laurie Matheson at his Arch Audio Studio. Thanks very much to my guest, Mr. Luke Azevedo, for his time. Thanks also to producer Matheson. Thanks to the Taproom staff for hosting us. And thanks, as always, to Wild Rose for supporting the podcast, for supporting culture in Alberta, and for creating the amazing beer they do. Should you wish to support what we're doing at the YYC and allow us to continue giving a platform to arts and culture in Calgary, please consider becoming a patron by pledging on our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash the YY scene. For past and future episodes of Scene in the Wild, please download them for free on iTunes 
or visit theyyscene.com. I've been your host, Mike Bell. Cheers.